Hello and welcome to Winging It Podcast, episode one, why I travel and why you should. First of all, I want to kick off and say thank you to everyone who's um, sent some messages this week. Uh, when I released that I'm going to be doing a podcast, um, it's been very humbling and I hope it can create some content to keep you interested, keep you listening and get those downloads in. Also, my website will have any updates with what I'm doing in terms of podcasts and newsletters and I'll be posting some stuff on there every day, maybe, definitely every week. Also, I want to mention um, for this podcast that I realise that COVID is a huge hindrance to travel. Hopefully, the vaccination programme will be rolled out as quickly as possible and we can travel this year, but at least next year. So that gives you plenty of time to get that travel plan together, get saving up and get on the road next year. I certainly intend to. I'm going to kick off also here with um, who I am because I would anticipate hopefully that some people listening do not know who I am but thank you to everyone who is friends and family etc who are listening so I'm going to give you a brief personal history and we'll just go from there wing it as they say so yeah I'm James uh, I done a music degree which I would probably say was almost pointless um, I got through it it was four years um, to give you an example of why I didn't like it that much I had to do an x-factor style weekly performance Imagine this, you're trying to learn a song for the week, you go up, random people, so you've got a drummer, vocalist, etc. Never rehearsed, you've got to go up and play the song to almost perfection and never rehearsed as a five or a foursome, like a band. Grim. Um, my stat is I never missed one, um, but it caused quite a bit of anxiety in there. Um, but it did actually get me good marks because I gave it all. I'm a pretty good learner and I didn't really try and fob it off. Um, so yeah, I've done that four years at the music college and then that was in London. Um, midway through is when I wanted to go travelling, but I'll come to that in a bit. But since then, I've had various office jobs, um, absolutely pointless, no interest in them. And I keep thinking, what am I going to do in my life in terms of work? Great question. Still figuring that out. But hopefully this podcast and my website and my newsletters is a start and maybe something in the future. Who knows? We'll keep that in the back of my mind. I'll give you some facts and figures of where I've been travel-wise. Uh, I have been to roughly 50 countries. Roughly because I say that sometimes you dip in for a day or two. Does it really count? I'm counting it, but some people wouldn't. I wouldn't say I've actually seen that country, but I've been there, so I'm counting it. Uh, I've been to five out of seven continents. I've done three work visas, including the third one now in Vancouver in Canada. And I'm currently here uh, actually just over two years on a permit and we've applied to stay a little bit longer. Um, the reason being is I want to earn more money to go on a bigger trip, which was going to be this year, but COVID has kind of prevented that. So currently in the planning phase for my next trip, more to come on that. I can give you a little facts and figure from a previous trip. I remember sitting in Singapore airport, bored out my mind waiting for a flight. I thought, do you know what? I could do some stats here. And this is one where I left in 2017 and came back the end of 2018 with Emma, my partner. And here are some facts. Um, it was 72 weeks long, the full trip. We visited 15 countries. <laughs> We'd done 31 flights, pretty grim. And we covered, this is an absolute approximation here, 78,500 kilometres. Uh, in that period of time, I've done 40 weeks of worth of working and 32 weeks of traveling slash trips. 
the three summits in that time, Mount Kinabalu, Mount Fuji and Poon Hill. The highest point was Mount Kinabalu at 4,095 metres. There's a picture on my website in the gallery uh, section where you'll see me and Emma absolutely monging after climbing that full trek in probably one and a half days. Uh, I've never seen Emma that ill. But um, yeah, we've done it. We got to the top. And actually, I found the way down the hardest part. I was absolutely struggling at the end. Um, I'll talk more about that later. Probably roughly spent £12,000 on our travelling there. Uh, Favourite country was Japan, I put here. Favourite cuisine was Nepalese. Love that. Toughest moment was the danger zone on Mount Kinabalu climb. And to give you an example of this, you climb in the dark because you're trying to get there for sunrise. And you leave your little base camp, which is about 3,300 metres up. And you've probably got another, what's that, 1,800 metres to go. Um, but it's in the dark, so you have your torchlight, you have your guide, and you just go one, one foot in front of the other. And we come to this place called the danger zone. Signs everywhere. Don't stop and don't go to the side. Keep going. So, okay, fair enough. There's a rope. So you pull yourself up in the rope, up this rock. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I'm pulling myself up. I'm like, oh, I thought this was the walk-up summit. Anyway, we get, we get past it and we get to the next stop where people can stop and have a break and a breather before you make the final climb. And the first thing I remember is, is people were chundering everywhere, crying, people were just knackered. I was like, what the hell have we got ourselves into here? Anyway, we ploughed on. The actual next bit is, 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 is up, but it's actually pretty flat. So we've got to the top and the scramble for the last like 100, 200 metres up some rocks. I had to climb some rocks and Emma said, no. I said, do you know what? No way, you're coming up. So I forced her to the top. Anyway, back down, it's now sunrise and it's now light and you get to see the area where you do your danger zone. I'm not kidding, there is drops either side. No, there's one bit of rope to maybe hold you, but if you had a gust of wind or someone pushed you, yeah, you're not surviving that. So I um, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Emma was like, oh my God, what do we, what we just do? And then we spoke to a fellow hiker on that, Blake, a seasoned hiker. To give you an example, this guy, he got to the summit in record time that uh, the guide said because he outpaced his guide I mean these guys do it every week right um, Australian guy come back down and I said oh, what about the danger zone and he's like oh, dearie me that is health and safety out of the window I've not experienced that before and that was pretty hardcore so yeah that was the toughest moment uh, on that whole trip um, carrying on favourite coffee Tana coffee which is on the island of Vanuatu uh, I love that coffee back in the day we used to drink coffee with sugar now i don't um i used to just drink that stuff and i actually try and buy it now when i'm on the internet when i can um, and i will be talking coffee a lot on my podcast so i hope you like coffee uh, by the way if you have milk or sugar get rid of it favorite beach i had to say cook islands um paradise how do you how do you define paradise uh cook islands i couldn't define anymore the island of atutaki if you ever get to look um, it's actually on my gallery on my website as well. It was pure turquoise, clear, clear water. And I'm talking like you can see into it. Those classic white sand spits that go out. Um, we actually done some kayaking, some snorkeling. That was unbelievable. Uh, last bit of facts about this was on that trip, we took, not, well, I took 9,000 photos. And I still haven't sorted them out. So all in all, 50 countries, five out of seven continents and three work visas. Um... Yeah, so why do I travel? 
got to go back to 2010, uh, summer in Norwich. We were back because obviously it's between semesters and I was seeing a girl at that point who said to me, do you know what? You should look into like going abroad. Like it's, it's quite cool. I was like, oh, what do you mean? She goes, oh, you know, I went traveling for three months. I was like, what is traveling? She's like, well, I'm starting a teaching job. I've done my degree and I had a bit of time and saved a bit of money. And I thought I'll go to Australia, New Zealand, Fiji and the US for three months. I was like, whoa, what is that? Didn't really resonate that much, but I thought, oh, sounds pretty cool. And then she broke up with me and I thought, oh, do you know what? Bit of a shitty year. I will book a spontaneous trip to Australia because I know some of my friends, um, Titch and Tishaw, were going to see the Ashes cricket in Australia. So this is the end of 2010, going to 2011. And I thought, Australia, yeah, that, yeah, she mentioned that before. Do you know what? Yeah, let's go for it. So they gave me the details of Paul Mavell, travel consultant at the time. I don't think he does anymore, but uh, rang him up and paid for the trip, the flights and accommodation. Uh, money I did not have, but done it anyway, probably went on a credit card. Um, lols. And then, yeah, so that was sort of in December. So I thought, oh, if I get through the next two months, second year of my degree, doesn't really count much towards the end, but let's just wing it through to then. And then get on that flight. And I must admit, got on that flight, pretty buzzing about the trip. And when you had a sheltered life in Norwich and on the streets of London, which the streets of London are grim anyway, but when you kind of experience it, you think that's it. And then you get to Australia and it's like blue skies, warm water, amazing beaches. Everything's done right. Transport is nice. The roads are big. It just felt, oh, what is this place? So anyway, so I, I went to the trip. I got pretty boozed up, um, saw some sights, saw some cricket. Um, the worst of being, I think Boxing Day was probably the best day of that whole tour for England catching all those wickets from behind uh, Australia on, the f- on that first day and I barely remember it all um, but some great times and then I was kind of thinking I need to come back here so that is when the switch flipped got back to London cold grim snow in London and I straight back into my course I was like oh, I just don't want to do this anymore but I forced myself to get through the course and actually put a plan together to save some money so this would be uh, working in the summers and also getting a job in my last year. Booked the work visa and I knew I was going. So, right, great, done. So my my interest in music flipped from being, I want to be in the music industry as a guitarist of like having no interest in that at all and just wanting to travel. So yeah, so I booked ahead and then my last eight years of travel kind of confirms that, yeah, I'm pretty obsessed with travel. It's only the only thing I'm really interested in. Uh, I I was interested in football and coffee and uh, cricket but in terms of a career of something I want to work in it has to be travel I'm I'm fed up with doing these office jobs and I'm like okay so now doing this podcast get some stories out there and just see where it goes Um, I thought about this the other day and I said to Emma I was like oh footballers would would, would I want to be a footballer every time would be yes but like but if that means I couldn't travel freely would I want to do it and I don't think I would Money is not really an issue. It's not a thing for me. So if I could help people travel and get out and see the world, I think that's what I want to do. So yeah, so I don't like conventional office jobs. They all bore me. Um, I'm kind of creative historically due to my music degree. Um, so yeah, so I thought, you know what? Let's get out there, see some new cities, 
see some mountains, uh, see some beaches, people and culture, and try and go to as many places as possible. So that brings me to booking my first trip, 2013 to 14. Uh, a guy in my course called Mike Butlin. Uh, I don't know he's much on social media these days. I have to ping him to get a, get a listen here because a lot of stuff I'm going to describe is with him in it. Uh, he said to me, I want to come on a trip. I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah, cool. Let's, let's do, some, uh, do some planning. And he, at this point, had already been to uh, Nepal and done Everest Base Camp, which is a, a great achievement. Uh, it's actually on my list of things to do. And he said to me, where do you want to go? I was like, oh, you know, I want to go back to Australia, uh, New Zealand. I want to you know, go see some beaches in Fiji. He's like, oh, I really want to go to Asia and Bali. I was like, where? He's like, you know, Southeast Asia. I'm like, I'll be honest, I kind of know on the map where that is, but I don't really know what you're talking about. He's like, no, let's put it in three months. I want to go. I was like, cool. Okay, we do three months there, three months in Australia. So we popped down to our STA travel agent and she's like, oh, great decision. Like, yeah, just do that. So she booked us some uh, flights and then some accommodations and trips. And the first place we stopped to was Bangkok. And when I got to Bangkok, I had I literally had no idea what to expect. Um, it was like probably a train crashing into you, like in terms of a culture shock. I was like, what is that smell? What is this crazy place? There's no rules in the road. Everyone's trying to get you to go in their tuk-tuk. I'm like, whoa, what is this? Um, me and Mike had to laugh. So we got put in this hostel called Lub D, which is off Salem Road, or it was anyway. It's now closed. I'm actually going to do a podcast on this week um, because it's such a great week there. Um, so I'm going to give you a bit of a high-level overview of this, but... No idea what to expect, but we got there and the vibe was a uh, backpackery vibe, quite young, um, outgoing, bit of drinking, everyone out in Bangkok seen as much as they could. And I thought, great, this is awesome. And we met so many people in that week. Um, I don't want to give too much away for the actual podcast for this week, but um, as a whole, we arrived, met loads of people, lots of drinking, lots of sights saw in Bangkok. Uh, quite a bit of partying, got scammed a few times. And the fact that at the end of the seven days or seventh night, we're like, oh, we should leave. Um, because we're so comfortable there and these people come in and out every day, new people. Got kind of addictive, really, so we had to get a move on. But as a whole, that trip for six months with Mike was awesome. Uh, we, we saw so much stuff, met so many people, no responsibilities, um, Saw a lot, done a lot. Um, and to throw in the mix there, I had no camera. Uh, I had no smartphone. I was kind of a bit behind the times, like in terms of being a sheltered lifestyle up to that point. And also technology, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't need that. And I kind of regret ha- not having a f- camera, but actually I don't because all the memories I have is in my mind. And that's hence why I'm doing this podcast, right? And I get all the people that I met on that six months to put their input into this because they've got photos that I probably haven't seen um, I know who's someone we met uh, a couple called Jack and Lara Jack had a memory stick of all the photos of probably the three or four or five weeks that we travelled with him and Lara and he lost it so I was devastated about that um, but it was just an unbelievable time free time like I can only give you an example where Facebook I'd only go on when the hostel had a computer not a laptop a computer where I can log into Facebook 
Um, I kept in contact with no one. I was just completely free off doing what I want. And it's quite liberating, to be fair. And that sort of feeling is something you can have when you just get out there and stop doing the norm that society wants you to do. And that is your nine to five job. Um, saving yourself for the weekend and then you enjoy Saturday and you get to Sunday it's like oh I've got to go back to work on a, Mon- back to work on a Monday um, I was kind of free of all that and for that six month period or five and a half months um, I can only look back on great times it was an unbelievable time um, so yeah no social media no smartphone um, and everything from that period I had an iPad which I never used um, I just it was imp- impractical going to the Grand Palace and you get your iPad out. Nah, that's just not happening. So, um, unbelievable time. And that kind of goes on to my next topic of why you should travel. Because you've got to be honest with yourself. Are you one of those people in your job and career where you think, do you know what? I would love just to get out of this semi little lifestyle and just go out there for three months, a little sabbatical, Maybe you can rent your apartment out or your, or your house or you just even quit your job and just go and be free for a little bit because there's nothing to regret about that. You can only gain from that sort of experience. When I decided to go, I think six months was always on my mind. And on that first trip, I was traveling six, six months with £6,000 and I probably ran out five months in. I had to get a job and I had to quickly get down to Melbourne but I had no responsibilities and nothing to hold me back or where to go. And I think being in that sort of mindset can only benefit you because you learn either something new about yourself or people that you travel with, new experiences. You can't buy that. And I think you can only get that when you get out of your comfort zone. Because end of the day, it's not a rat race to see how much money you have or how much properties you own. Yeah, like they probably would help um, to have someone to live, a bit of money, yeah. But you're only young once. And if you don't get a move on with it, you'll get to 40 and you're knackered, right? And you've probably got kids or et cetera. And it's just not as easy. So if you're in that phase now, like I'd anticipate the, the crowd here, maybe listen to this is probably what, 18 to maybe late 30s. So there's a time and a chance after COVID to really get out there because this new world we're going to travel in, I have no idea what it's going to be like. These places like Southeast Asia that rely on tourism, unless you got stuck there, like they're going to be looking so much forward to the tourists coming back. And I know it got to a point where it's probably too much, but I don't think as many people will travel these days. And all the sites that you want to see will not be as packed as before. Well, I like to think not anyway. I can't obviously guarantee that. But to give you an example, Machu Picchu when I went there, could not get a photo with no one in it. The trek was awesome, great group, still in contact with all of them now. But when I got to Machu Picchu and you get the classic shot, it's even though we're there at sunrise and the, the, the day trippers haven't came yet, it was just a, it's just hard to get in there without anyone being in the picture. And it's kind of sad, really. And so much so that they, they actually put a quote on how many people can travel there. So I'm going to give you a quote now from Tim Ferriss, which I do read his book called The Four Hour Work Week. In this book, he quotes as saying the opposite to happiness is boredom. So are you bored? And if you are, there's a chance for you to get out there and travel next year. Whether you are traveling alone or in a group or with someone else, as I said before, always something to gain. 
And the amount of people you meet on these trips are kind of like-minded people that you will keep in contact with and you can share stories and it kind of lasts forever, right? I still think about that six months, uh, even now when I think about places I've been to. And I've travelled um, with Mike, um, with Emma, and also on my own. And every single one of those trips was beneficial to me. And they all had their own qualities. I travelled on my own in South America for a bit. And I booked my trips there, like some tours on the Salt Lakes, um, Salt Flats, sorry, and also the Lake Titicaca and in Bolivia. And you just meet people in hostels and you just get on with it. You can also choose not to. I mean, if you just want to keep it on your own, that's up to you. But if you're happy, outgoing, and also willing to speak to people, you'll just meet friends. It's so easy. So I would fully enhance the motion that get out there, even if no one's interested in going with you. So maybe just try it out. Um, if you don't, you'll learn something new about yourself anyway. And I think going into back into the professional world or even personally, this will this will enhance your knowledge of um, wisdom and also how to deal with different cultures and also give you that confidence to go forward. As I said, COVID is a bit of a bit of a hindrance on travel and I am debating when to leave for our next trip. Um, I'm hoping it'll be next year uh, in the summer. And I'll give you a little idea what I'm planning. Um, I think me and Emma are going to leave Vancouver probably mid next year. Um, hopefully my employer's not listening to this because um, they don't know. Um, and we're planning to do a trip with no real timelines. We have places we want to see, but we're going to book way less flights, um, a lot more road tripping. And the idea is, I think road tripping, we want to road trip Canada, US and Scotland. I think they're the two, three road trips we want to do. We have a camper van here now, which has actually been converted into um, a camper van. So it was a, it's a Toyota Sienna, which is like a big car, but it was actually kitted out now to have a bed at the back and it's got a cooker and a, fr- and a fridge and all this sort of stuff. And if that stays alive for 18 months, um, we will come back and use that to go down to US and also across Canada. And the fact that you're free on the road, no real plan of where to go, maybe even choose that day, is something that really appeals to me. Because before, I've always had a flight booked and I had to get to somewhere to, at a certain point. So this is, this is really exciting. And uh, I've actually got a little page on my website called Travel where I've kind of listed the countries and a rough plan, but that's still under construction, really. Um, but the time frame of that could be a year to 18 months, depending on budget. So hopefully we will... Um, have enough to go for that long and also this podcast will be carrying on on that trip and the idea is this podcast is going to be recorded and sent out with people that I meet on that trip or just what I've done that that week or that day I think that's a pretty cool idea of real life travel and give you an example of maybe like a, a diary of what we've done so yeah hope to see you all there at some point and then please get in contact if you have any plans or any thoughts on where you want to go and I'll be happy to share maybe some rough timings of what we're planning to do as well um, I've got a random story here my friends this last week asked me to quite a good question how many countries in the world have I eaten baked beans I love baked beans I probably have it four tins a week and it's just one of those foods I'll never get bored of but I've got a little story in Nepal so we've done our trek to Poon Hill 
think it's a five-day trek. I was absolutely hanging off that trek. Um, you climb as high as almost Mount Kinabalu. It's about 4,000 metres. And you can see um, Everest on a good day, but you normally see Annapurna, which is the one that's in the top 10 highest mountains in the world. And it's actually part of the Annapurna Trek Trail, which is anything little as one to 20 days, I think. You can do as much as you want. And it sort of go, goes around the mountain. Anyway, Poon Hill is one of the first things you'd do. And it's uh, a hill, but it's still 4,000 metres high. And it was unbelievable, that trek. Anyway, we get back to um, Pakora, where you have your little base camp and your little pl- place to plan and get your hiking gear together, etc. And we go to a restaurant, and I was like, oh, I'm just gagging for some baked beans. Anyway, we, we get some Nepalese cuisine on a go, but I think I was probably changing my mind. I was going to have a burger, I think. But I saw on the menu, on their breakfast, they have baked beans. I was like, oh, did it as a side. So I called the, um, the geezer over and I said, oh, do you have any baked beans on the side? Like, pointing to the breakfast menu, he goes, oh, yeah, 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 I can sort that out for you. I was like, oh, great. I had no idea the price. And actually, the price is quite important to how much I got. So the actual price of those baked beans was probably about a dollar. Now, in the pool, you can have a full all-you-can-eat meal for $1 to $2. So this was quite an expensive side. And I, and I was kind of expecting like a cup of baked beans. It comes through. And I kid you not, it's probably like the size of an egg cup of baked beans. It's probably, I actually counted, I think I had six beans in there. And we all were just absolutely cracking up laughing here. Like we couldn't believe that this is going to last one mouthful and I've been gagging for some baked beans. And it just, it just I had to take a photo of it and I had to try and find that photo. But... Um, I couldn't believe it and yeah I just had to have those baked beans ate them in one um, in one mouthful and I was kind of satisfied I guess but the story was quite funny at the time and I think they were wondering what we're laughing at but um, need to say when I smash in a full tin every time I have baked beans it's, it's quite a lot different right so um, come to the end of the podcast nearly so I'm going to probably promote why my website and uh, my Instagram so my website has um, all the updates for my twice weekly newsletter uh, this is me trying to attempt to write something that will inspire you it's not going to be a four page blog it's just an email with some uh, maybe some tips or a story or something that I experience or something that you could add into your trip or not do I've actually released the first one uh, to Friday Just Gone and I've actually attached a link to it on my newsletter page on my website so you can go there and have a little read if you like or you can sign up on the home page up to you uh, next podcast I'm actually going to release these on a Monday I think Monday is a good day to hopefully get some inspiration and some um, thoughts about travel out there and this will be released uh, on the 15th of February and then Monday every so on also I'd like for you to get in touch um, you can uh, see my Instagram page James Hammond Travel uh, or my personal page if you know me personally um, anything you want me to discuss could be anything from countries to experiences to trips to hiking cuisine budgets etc you tell me what you would like to hear and I'll try and add it into my next one uh, also finally I don't know how important this is but every podcast I hear is like oh I rate my podcast so if you can rate it on whatever platform you're on please rate it um, I'll keep a loose eye on it um, probably going forward I'll probably pay more attention but for now just do what you can and I've got a few quotes I love quotes I gave you one from Tim Ferriss earlier and this quote 
well, the quotes are from Jimi Hendrix, and he was the initial inspiration for me. So that's why I done a music degree. So I played guitar for ten years, um, got pretty good at it, and now, now I hardly ever play. But I still listen to him because his lyrics and his songs just kind of resonate with me. Um, one lyric in his song says, "Are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced?" And I want to quote that because you can be experienced in your job, in your daily routine, in your little bubble. But are you really experienced as a whole? Like if you were then to book a trip to Nepal and do a hike, I reckon you'd gain some pretty good experience of that and take it back. And that'll give you an extra bit of learning that you probably thought you never had. So I wanted to leave you with that quote. And another quote of his is, I have only one life to live. I might not be here tomorrow, so I'm doing what I am doing now. Surely this has to be like, do you know what? Let's change it up. Let's get out there. COVID pending, obviously. So I want to leave those two quotes to fester in your mind and really get you thinking about what is next for you. Is your current lifestyle, are you happy with it? If you are, great, no problems. Are you thinking about traveling or have no idea where to start? Well, hopefully I can help you with that and I want to help you plan, maybe budget and you can contact me, um, as I said, any platform you want. There's also a contact page on the website on the homepage. You can chuck in a message in there and I'll get back to you. And give you my experience of how I planned my trips and how I booked and how I budgeted. So please get in contact. I uh, hope you enjoyed the first episode. The next episode is yet to be determined, but I'm probably more likely to go with Love D, as I mentioned earlier on, because they've actually closed that hostel that I love. And it's my favourite hostel in the world. So some people who listen to this might not know that. So I might be getting in contact with some people during the week. But have a great week. Have a think. Um, look on the map pick some places, get in contact and let's get out there. COVID pending. Stay safe. Catch you later. Bye.